On episode 29 of the Goblin Trash Masters, we're talking all about Moto and why you have to do it if you want to get better. And we even cover a little bit about the reason I'm not listed in the white pages. I'm Kyle, joined by my partners in crime, Ashley and Anthony. Say what's up, nerds. Hello, nerds. Hey, hey, Kyle. The Wall of Roots is currently burning your hair as incense, Kyle. The nope. Wall of Roots loves nope. you. The wa- Let's talk some trash. Uh-uh. No, no, no. None of this. No more questions. <laughs> We got to talk about magic online, don't we? No, fine. I guess. <laughs> if we have to. I know uh, it sucks, but we have to. That's uh, that's the title, right? Moto, I know it sucks, but you have to. Yeah, that's the yep. tweet. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to just jump right in with a segment that I call a brief history of magic on the internet. No, oh, yeah, brief with you talking about the internet. <laughs> All right. So, oh, jeez. Jesus Christ, Ashley. Yes. <laughs> that was so loud. That was such a terrifying sound. What? I hardly said anything. Oh, we are going to edit that into the most vicious raptor scream. Oh, yes. Oh, no. All right. So, Moto, Mitgo, Magic the Gathering Online, Magic Online, or that godforsaken bullshit terrible app, started <laughs> off as Moto, Magic Online with Digital Objects. It was produced by Leap and Lizard Software, a very, very small software company that had only one major contract. I believe they also made some, like, poker simulator. It's on brand. Their only major contract was Wizards of the Coast. Shocker. Yeah, they pitched to Wizards that the rule set for Magic could be enforced by software. And Wizards was uh, skeptical, but were just like, eh, whatever, do your thing, show us a tech demo. So they saw the tech demo and they were like, oh, wow, this is actually possible. So they gave Leapin' Lizards the green light and they delivered a public launch of the software in June of 2002. Card interactions at that time, and God fucking help me, still are, Handled entirely in Perl, P-E-R-L, Perl script. That's a programming language that was first introduced in 1987, which, you know, hooray, that is what we want our modern applications running on. In 2002, it was decades old. It's referred to as the Swiss Army Chainsaw of scripting languages. Swiss Army Chainsaw? Yeah, the Swiss Army Chainsaw. Swiss Army Knife is too delicate to describe (laughs) Perl. Has to be rougher. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the the logo for Pearl is a fucking camel, and I just can't think of anything more descriptive. A a Pearl camel. Oh, my God. It's a nightmare. I only have to interact with Pearl in my day-to-day life if somebody has fucked something up really bad. Like, Mm. and then if I'm looking at Pearl script, it means something has gone terribly wrong. And that's Um, how we play Magic Online. That's how we play Magic Online, still to this day. The reason we're talking about Pearl so much is because the code base for Magic Online was pretty dated when it was released, and... Perl is generally referred to as a write-only language, not read-only, write-only. Ha 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 ha, a joke about it being unreadable. But this will come (laughs) up because in spite of being a not great piece of software, Magic is a very popular game. So they needed to scale up to accommodate a huge amount of people that needed to play this. And not even to speak about all of the sets that were coming out once every three months. Just a huge influx of 200 cards every quarter. So they decided they were going to have to move on and change some stuff moving forward. 
So version 2.0 released about a year later. We're talking 2003, right? After yeah. Wadsy terminated their contract with Leaping Lizards. Then Lizards, Batman, we got fired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird how their only major contract fired them. And then they were like, we don't have any money. Yeah, shocking. So once that happened, they intended to move their development in-house. So Leaping Lizard delivered a very monolithic, unscalable project that was hard to add to later. Even in version 2, because they were working with code from version 1, there was a hard cap of about 4,500 players. V2 was marred with constant crashes. That still happens, I think. Caused by the code base being legacy code on day 1. So combined with a huge influx of players, they could not possibly support. Watsi had a lot of money to make, and that couldn't be done with a 4,500 player hard cap. They began a complete rebuild of the software for version 3. Correct so, me if I'm wrong. Some of these yeah. issues still happen, right? Yes, but I don't think we'll either of you. <laughs> I don't think either of you have played Moto at least prior to you know 2016 2017 i I played it in like the very Um, early days when i was younger but those memories are gone (laughs) well i would not describe moto as a good piece of modern software today but looking back on playing it in 2003 it was non-functional it was so bad and that's Mm. in 2003 like yeah it was hilarious because this all started because of the fucking Chandelar game. And they were just like, oh, we can do magic as a video game. And then like, they're just like, yeah, but what about all the cards? Nah, it, don't worry it, about it. <laughs> it gets so complicated so fast. So what happened with version three, Kyle? So version three was an in-house rebuild of the software and addressed a ton of the scalability issues. They kept the core concept of Love version one intact for better or worse. The scripting was still Perl based. I'm sorry, Anthony. Even if the, the data structures and additional servers allowed for more players actively playing. Yeah, of course, this would be a monumental project. Even if the code base were maintainable, even if the rules of the game weren't so complex, and even if there wasn't a massive influx of game pieces four times a year. Of course, all of these things were true. So version three looked pretty awful. Yeah. Worse, there was an incident in 2013 in which Brian Kibler, yes, that Brian Kibler, was disconnected after being a lock for top eight. He was not able to log back into the to the client in time and was dropped from the tournament, losing his chance at 25k and a world's invite. Pretty big stakes. I'd be pissed yeah. too. He even petitioned users on social media to delete the client from their computers. And caused card values on the client to drop by more than 10% across the board in the fire sale that came up from this. Wizards of the Coast needed to publicly release version 4 beta, like, immediately. Don't piss off Brian Kibler. <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> Don't it do was it. bad, bad, yeah. bad. Like, it was, it was really bad. Like, it started with people selling cards. They were just like, you know what? Kibler said it, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people panicked because they saw all their cards were different dropping in value and they were just like i need to get out of this just get out of it as quickly as possible so version three did not do super well they released the version four beta pretty early and then about a year after the kibler gate situation they released version four and shut down version three that same year watsi has finally let go of the reins for magic online thank god Mm -hmm. to daybreak games 
version four is what we're playing now. If you download and you are playing Magic Online, you are playing version four maintained by Daybreak Games. However, what you are playing now is still based on code from the 80s. It still crashes and the user interface hasn't received a meaningful update since about 2006. As a software designer, it's bad. As a user, it's ugly. As a Magic player, you you just fucking have to. Yeah, you just got to grit your teeth and do it. Sadly, yeah. Our next segment is called Moto for Players. Yeah, you have to. I don't want to. I'm so, tired of this, Grandpa. <laughs> last two damn bad. <laughs> so as a video game, Magic Online is garbage, obviously, right? It's unintuitive. It's esoteric. It's ugly as fucking sin. Barely works. Has bugs that persist because the fixes involve delving into coding languages from the fucking 80s that were written by entry-level developers 20 years ago and then adjusted over the years by entry-level developers that were even more drastically underpaid because they were employed by fucking Wizards of the Coast. Going in and fixing a known bug that's a decade old, like, I don't know, Wall of Roots doesn't work as a mana ability in spite of being a mana ability, it would likely break mana payment for the entirety of the game because, you know right only nature of pearl and you do not know what discount developers from 20 years ago were trying to do you can look at what they have written and been like i do not understand like day-to-day work i see this shit sometimes where i'll just like be looking at something i'm supposed to be fixing and i'll just be like what what were they trying to do here what was the (laughs) plan i don't i don't even understand it's like a child notably children are terrible artists of course showing you a drawing and being like do you like it and you say yes of course and they say what is it and then you have to lie to a toddler because you can't tell what it is because children are terrible artists (laughs) it's a giraffe of course of course it's definitely not a spaceship but look all these things being said as a tool to improve your magic playing there's really nothing better and you know it sucks, but like we said, we have to do it. But there are a few reasons, and this is true for a few reasons. Quality, quantity, time, and rules. I like to call it Couture for short. Couture. That's... Sounds like a Scandinavian dude's name. Yeah. <laughs> that's just Couture. He's real nice. That's why, <laughs> that's why I'm not allowed to sign up for windsurfing instructions at the Y anymore. Oh, God. Because of Couture. Again, don't ask any follow-up questions. Vision's based on movement. (laughs) I'm sorry, but if you wanted to keep your car, you shouldn't have parked it that close to the edge of the pier, Couture. Oh, my God. I should be suing you. You told me it was a submarine, too. What? I have so many questions I am definitely not going to ask. Really don't. (laughs) I would recommend not. (laughs) All right. Can you tell us about quality, Ashley? So... Your average skill level and investment of a player at your LGS weeklies are going to vary widely, right? But there's a, there's a hard mm-hmm. floor to the average skill level of an MTGO player. You have to be invested in the game enough to download. You have to learn and use this garbage software somehow, which I am personally terrified of. And they have to be willing to pay for cards as well as tournament entry. So your time, your attention... Financial investment might mean that it's annoying, but it also means that hyper casuals are more likely to be annoyed and not using it. So your average opponent is going to be more enfranchised than your local game stores FNM. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like we acknowledge that we would like to play against better players. You're, yeah. You never improve better than when you're the worst person in the room, right? When mm-hmm. you're the worst person in your group, 
and just like I don't know, you a lot of people will get to a a lot of people pick up Magic Online even if they don't want to when they get to a point where they're just like, okay, I'm crushing at my FNMs. I don't have so much to learn from that. I'm not learning as much as I'd like. My skill level has plateaued a bit, and I would like to play against. And this isn't like, hey, don't play your FNM because your opponents all suck. Like at a certain point, if your focus is development, you're going to. Your focus is development. The average FNM player's focus is not development, right? Mm-hmm. You, if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing f- towards your goal of development and working hard and getting your reps in and talking coherently about the game with other people, you are going to outgrow the other players at your FNM. That's just how it is. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you shouldn't play with them or shouldn't hang out with them or any of that. That just means that if you want your advancement to not plateau at that point, you're looking for better players. And for a lot of folks, that's a big jump is jumping into MTGO means you do get to play against players that are on average better. I mean, not our FNMs. We have like what a, a normal Monday night pioneer for us has what, like four Star City Open trophies and two, two, two PT top 64s. Yeah. 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 That's a Monday sure weekly. And there's like <laughs> 10 to 15 at the most. Like half That's of a, you, what half of you were the RC like a couple weeks ago? Like yeah, <laughs> over fifty percent. I think last time we played this Monday weekly, fifty percent of the people who played in it had qualified for the previous that season's regional championship. Yeah, yes. That's I, I feel like that's a little bit above average, yeah. but <laughs> even still, even still, I think you can benefit from playing against opponents that are better. Mm-hmm. That goes into the quantity section. Yeah. With Magic Online, you can play a lot of games. Like, a lot. Like, you could just shut your door and just play leagues until the sun rises, sets, and everything in between. Like, just, you can do so much. Play all the games. Now, think about an imaginary person with no real-time restrictions, like I said, that wants to play as much Magic as possible. In paper... That means you have to play at the weeklies, you know, every weekday and probably one larger event like an RCQ on a weekend. Those weeklies are probably going to be three rounds and the RCQ is going to be about six rounds. If our imaginary player played every match of every event with no buys and no days off, they would be playing 21 matches of Magic. That's barely more than four leagues. You can rattle off four leagues in a night after work on on Magic Online. Imagine that same player with no timing restrictions playing as much as they could on Magic Online. They could easily play a few leagues a day, you know, and let's be conservative and say three leagues on a, on a weeknight. And remember, this is an imaginary person, no responsibilities, no time restrictions, nothing else mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and four on a weekend. That means mm-hmm. with the same number of nights playing Magic, they could be playing 95 matches every week. Jesus 95. Christ. 95 times. Don't ask any questions. Obviously, you don't have unlimited time. None of us do. Statistically, you are very likely to be listening to this on your phone right now. Your phone that you pay for with a job that consumes the majority of your waking hours. And it gets to pick which of your waking hours it takes. That means you might not be able to physically make it to a weekly every day of the week. If you want to play Magic, though, you can hop into a league or two and finish one, start one, join a league from that you started last night. It doesn't matter. And just do the rest of it the next day. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. The, the time flexibility also allows you to fit way more matches in that you you would not be able to just going to weeklies and things like that. Paper yeah. magic's great, but if you need a lot of practice, 
Magic Online's your way to go. There's just no way. There's just no way to to simulate that in paper. You just can't do it. You can't you physically, physically get. Can't, yeah. It's you just you're just like just like look at one night. Let's say you just like get off work, have nothing to do, and you're just like, I really need to prep for this event. And you're like, I'm going to jam four leagues. I'm going to play 20 matches of Magic tonight. There's no way. There's no way you could do that in paper. It's like physically not possible. Mm-mm. Right. I was going to say one of the one of the reasons I'm looking forward to it too is just being able to that re- records your matches so you can go back and look because mm-hmm. I'm not the greatest at remembering like play by plays yet. You know, and that that ability is just something that Arena doesn't have and something that I don't get with my stupid brain at <laughs> weeklies. So you know there are benefits to it despite its terrible software yeah and you know i feel like that adds to the quantity too like yeah that adds to the quantity and the fact that like you know there there are people say like i practice with friends like my roommates like we come over we have like the whole testing house thing that's that's great but you're playing against the same decks it's with friends there's not like Mm -hmm. that you playing a magic the gathering online league you pay an entry fee like you have your cards, you, whether you have a rental service or not, you're you're playing in an actual tournament. You're playing against a variety of different decks and a variety of different players. You're not just playing with your friends at at the house or just doing those things. Like yes, it's it's somewhat beneficial, but playing a league, playing multiple leagues, it's like playing multiple different tournaments while you're sitting at home. That's great. You mm-hmm. Just jam a bunch of games and get a lot of progress. And like Ashley said, the rec- you can watch the play by play. You can actually visualize yeah. it, not hearsay, like, oh, I remembered it. I thought it was like this. No, it's actually there. You can see if you played well or you didn't play well or the things you can improve on. All right. Minor aside, because what you said is about the testing house is so accurate. Every time somebody tells me this, I want to shake them, grab them <laughs> by the shoulders and shake them and say, you are not play testing. Your roommate sucks. You are just playing 10 pre-sideboarded games on a living room coffee table without thinking about it while reruns of goddamn Mad Men is playing in the fucking background. This is not play <laughs> testing. You are just playing games of magic and you're just doing it badly. Arguably, that setup is worse than, mm-hmm. than just playing just anything. I, I hate it when people say, Oh yeah, in play testing. Motherfucker, you did not play test diddly shit. You did not play test shit. You did not take this against the gauntlet. You were playing your you were playing your Pioneer Rakdos mid-range deck with some spicy one-ups against your fucking roommate's black white humans tribal. And you never sideboarded because they don't have a fucking sideboard. That's not play testing. That's that is not play testing. If you tell me you're playtesting, I say, okay, we want to show me your results. And they'll be like, oh, I went five and one. I was like, no, 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 no. Show me your results. Show me the spreadsheet. Show me your matchup spread. Data. Which sideboard plan had a better record? What was the record for each sideboard plan? How many postboard games did you play? What did you play? What, what was your testing gauntlet? What were your bog standard decks that you were testing against? Who did you have piloting those testing, those test decks? What were you doing? Can you show me your can you show me your multi deck, the thing that you use to have a bunch of a bunch of gauntlet decks ready to go all at once? 
And oftentimes the answer is, oh, when I say testing, I mean, we played a few games before F and M. If you want to play a few games before F and M, then please play a few games before F and M. But do not look me in my eyes and tell me that you have play tested because you haven't. I'm going to think less of you as a magic player and I'm going to think less of you as a person. Tell us how you really feel. No. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> this that was that was the tact I could muster. <laughs> All right. So what about our time? So when we're talking about time. We aren't really saying the time it takes to play your matches of magic because we already talked about that in the quantity section. So time here refers to your match timer and practice playing under a round clock, something I could gain some reps in. Your game actions on Magic Online can take longer than those physical actions take in person, especially if you've played a lot of paper magic and have muscle memory built up. So as we talked about, Magic Online uses the chess clock. So your clock is running while you have priority and your opponent's clock is running while they do. If your round clock runs out in Paper Magic, it's because your shared 50-minute round timer ran out. There's no real record of who is using more of that clock. So in Magic Online, you split those 50 minutes right down the middle. You both have 25. If you have 10 minutes left and your opponent has 20, they have been using way less than you have. So if you're looking to address the skill of playing faster, there is not a better way to be punished for playing consistently slowly than the Magic Online clock. And there isn't a better way to track your progress than charting out the difference between your clock and your opponents at the end of the match. So that can go in the spreadsheet. Yeah, you can you can you can log every time you do it. I do how what the difference is plus or minus on my clock versus my opponent's clock and see where I'm getting stuck, where I'm spending more time. I think that that's a good way. It is one of the ways that I addressed my personal issues with slow play. Okay. I'm writing that one down. In the spreadsheet. <laughs> Arena the spreadsheet. has the rope, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the rope gives you immediate feedback because it's easy to, on Magic Online, look at your clock and be like, I'm down 10 minutes. How am I down 10 minutes? Yeah. But the rope, the rope well, at, at earlier levels, I think the rope is a great way to kind of get started, right? Because mm -hmm. on Magic Arena, because that gives you immediate feedback. I'm taking too long on this one game action. Mm -hmm. Not at the end, the whole match, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as somebody who is, I don't know, example, let's say somebody is operating a loom. Okay. Somebody's learning to operate a loom, right? Mm -hmm. When you're first starting out, you kind of want someone there with them to be like, oh, nope, not that way. Rewind it back. Try it. Try it correctly. And then when they get good enough, they might not need that much attention. And they might benefit from somebody being like looking at the finished product and being like, oh, you dropped a stitch here and here and here. Yeah, that's a good one. Is it? Is it? What's that? What's the mass appeal of my fucking loom analogy? Well, I feel like that's happened in real life. For me, we when we go through and do our autopsy of like gameplay, you're like, this spot right here, you should have played this at a different time. And this spot right here, you should have attacked differently. Same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Looking at it at the end versus during the game itself, getting that immediate feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Anthony's and, favorite rules. Yeah, we talked <laughs> about quality, quantity, time. We got the, we got the, and now we need to get to the earth. Uh, uh. Okay. And for the rules, I like to say, 
this interaction would work in paper. Actually. I want you to think about every time you've realized after a match that something went down that should not have fucking gone down at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. This doesn't happen on Magic Online. Your opponent does not get to just, oh, your Blood Moon on the stack, float a white mana, Blood Moon resolves. Okay. Leyline binding it. It's not how this works. That's not how this works. And, you know, if it, it's one of those things that people can, will get away with intentionally or unintentionally in paper, you cannot Assassin's Trophy your own permanent so that their lifelink blocker doesn't gain them life. You can't pay two for Igonjo with the two you untap for your Teferi because you have a legendary Planeswalker in play. The strict enforcement of the rule set on Magic Online means that you are going to hit these walls face first and fucking hard. And you're going to hit them sooner rather than later. While Magic Online does have some bugs, we've talked about, we've talked Mm -hmm. about, we've mentioned specifically one bug. They'll pop up from time to time. You need to understand that if I have to guess, is this something that Magic Online got wrong? Or is this something that a player got wrong? I'm going to bet on Magic Online being correct every time. Because Magic Online rules enforcement has a fail rate. But Magic players have a way higher fail rate. (laughs) Like, Magic players are way worse at Magic rules than Magic Online is. Like, easily. Yeah. And just like, yeah, it sure does suck to find out. But, like, how much worse is it if you find out, like, halfway through a season that you've been resolving Leyline Binding wrong for that whole season? That would suck a lot. Yeah. You'd be like, I didn't get to play any actual games of Magic under the rule set this yeah. entire season. Mm-hmm. Everything before this is kind of a wash. Any any intuition I have about matchups is vastly different than it would be if I had resolved this card correctly. Wow, go for the throat sure does suck on account of the fact that my Unctus can make stuff not a valid target for it when they target it with go for the throat. Oh, wait, no. That can only be activated as a sorcery. I can't use it to protect my creatures from go for the throat. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have just found out that you have been cheating. Mm. It doesn't happen on Magic Online because all the rules are there. Yep. And I, I think it's great that you fall on your face when playing Magic Online in these situations because you learn more from You learn more yes. from your failures than your triumphs. And that's a great thing where she's like, wow, that was embarrassing. I feel so dumb for not knowing how this interacts. But now I'm never going to do it again. That's yeah. great. So we talked about failure a lot on this. Not mm-hmm. just in, we had a special an entire episode dedicated to like the fear of failure. But we talk about it all the time. We talk about failure all the time. And I, I, I will say over and over and over again that failure is a desired state. You want to find the failure. Mm-hmm. You want to go until you fuck up. Mm-hmm. The fuck up is where you're learning your lesson. Up until that, you are fine. You see this all the time and this fear of failure play out with players that do not want to play anything above casual REL. There are players that I think would otherwise want to be competitive players that want to play at comp REL Mm -hmm. that will stop because they don't want to find out about all of the stuff that they have been resolving incorrectly over the years. They don't want to hit those walls and the fear of hitting those walls is what keeps them back. Mm-hmm. It'll hold them back and stop them from progressing. Now, there's nothing against people that want to play FNM and don't want to take this any farther than that. You know, right. and we've totally talked fun. about it over and over again. If you want to feel good about yourself, literally never try to get better. Yeah. It's harsh, but it's, it's true. true. 
Yeah. You know, like if your goal is to feel good, then do not try to improve. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. trying to improve is where you're hitting that point of failure. Mm-hmm. And that's that feels bad. It feels bad to fuck stuff up. It feels bad to play stuff wrong. But you learn the most from it, you know? Yeah. And it's it, it, it's it sucks. We're not sitting here saying like, yeah, failure is, you know, you feel so great when you fail. It's like, no, but it's it's your perspective about mm-hmm. it that goes a long way where it's just, yes, I failed, but let's move on from this. I, I had to learn the hard way being in art school. We're like, oh, I'm my professor's critiquing my artwork. They're critiquing me. It's like, no, it's same thing with magic. We're critiquing your gameplay. And mm. sometimes sometimes I'm critiquing the player. But that's <laughs> Anthony. He, he's he's a ski movie villain. Like he, he yeah. He, he's like, fuck off. I'm going to do me. But yeah, well, you know, it's fa- the fu- good. It, well, and it's the future state you're looking for, right? It's the future yeah. state past the failure. Mm-hmm. When you look back and you say, OK, I, I saw this failure. I'm playing this card better now, or I'm playing through this sequence of events better now, and mm-hmm. I can see that that thing isn't happening anymore. You can mm-hmm. see and... your progress in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't get to see any of that if you are not if you are not presenting yourself with your failures. And that's mm-hmm. what I think the big thing about rules on Magic Online is: is that there is no there. It is not possible, regardless of how casual. I don't care if you are playing in the practice rooms for zero ticks, right? That doesn't matter. The rules enforcement is going to be the same. You are not going to be able to take a game action that you are not legally allowed to take. You are not going to be able to be like, yeah, go to damage. Like, oh, blocker's done. Damage. Your opponent says damage. You say damage back. And then they start calculating the damage. And then you have a removal spell. Mm-hmm. That, that's not a thing that you get to do in Magic Online. There's no, there's no friendly take back or something like that. I can't. I can tell you that I will in paper adjust my play to the seriousness of the casual event and the skill level of my opponent without a doubt. Right. Because like if I have an opponent that is just like attack and then they like use a pump spell on their creature before they have priority to do so, I'll just be like, wait, 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 hold up. Let me declare my blocks first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you have priority. Go ahead and, and do that. You know, that's not a thing that even in the most casual one-on-one practice roomy situation you can find on magic online that is not a situation you're going to run into you will hit those failures you will hit Mm -hmm. them hard you will lose games you will lose matches because of it you will feel like garbage Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's it (laughs) that's it no but (laughs) you will feel like garbage you will feel like garbage no but no but nothing else that's it you're gonna feel like shit you're gonna feel like shit you're gonna feel stupid understand that when you feel like shit and you feel stupid that is growth. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Oh, oh that's an oh Under Armour ad. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. You do know that. You're smiling. <laughs> and I believe it. I genuinely believe it. I believe like, you know, you've had a good workout if your arms hurt. Uh, hmm? uh, you know, you've been you know, you've been running hard enough if you're out of breath. You know, you've been working hard enough on something if you're mentally tired. Mm hmm. The discomfort means that you're doing the right things towards improvement. And nothing comes easy. You know, it. we wish it did, but it doesn't. But it's it's what you do after. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I genuinely, I don't think, I, I, I have no interest in anything that's easy. Make it harder. <laughs> Boom, phrasing. I have phrasing. no interest in anything that's easy. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have to review my dating history on that one. But yeah, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say that this is. You were thinking it real loud. So how about we leave me alone? 
man. Oh my lord. Ashley, please tell us about our fucking guessing game. How about a guessing game, y'all? So, our guessing game. We are going to be talking about cards that we love playing in paper, but hate to play on Magic Online or digitally. So, reviewing the guessing (laughs) game. You got yours? Oh, yeah. Reviewing the guessing game. We've all got a card, and we're going to give cryptic hints so that the other people can guess them. Always cryptic. Worse if you're Anthony. I am a fae. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We're in trouble. He knows our names. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> fucked. Yeah, we like Liliana. We made a pact with the demon, and you know this is just our lives now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but we love it. <laughs> yes. All right, you all got your cards. I've got mine. Maybe I'm good to go. Oh yeah. Who's? Are we? Are we rolling the wheel of fate? The Fine. the the dice. My internet's fate? working right now. The wheel. The wheel of fortune. Yeah. Spin that wheel. Who is going first? There we go. There we go. Spinning it. And away we go. <laughs> it is Fire. a pile. <laughs> All right. I think Anthony could get this pretty quickly. I love this card in paper. I hate it Yogmoth. online. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. It's Yogmoth. There's too many fucking clicks. Oh, my God. It is so annoying. It's so annoying. I have verbatim memorized how to explain the loop in the best way possible. I know every interaction with it, but the moment I'm start doing the clickies in magic online, I'm just like, fuck. Oh God, I need to, I need to focus because it's just, it's, it's so many clicks. I hate how it has to be ordered and it, Oh, it it annoys me to no end. And every time I have the combo in a league with modern Yawgmoth, my opponent just doesn't concede and I have to do it. And I hate my life. I love Yogmoth, I but in online. I feel like anything that presents you with the need to do a loop gets significantly worse in Magic Online. Oh yeah. Just because you need to click through it. So that that makes a whole lot of sense. Whereas in paper you can just say, mm. I'm going to do these game actions. Starting here, ending here. Okay. I'm going to do that again. Okay. That is a loop. I'm going to iterate on that loop five thousand times. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, it's happened 5,000 times. We've moved on. Can you imagine clicking through a Yawgmoth loop 5,000 times? It's not possible. And that's why, like, Mm -mm. your loops that gained you infinite life were way worse on Magic Online than they were in paper. Like the old Malira pod, Kitchen Fink's infinite life loop. Mm -hmm. You couldn't do that online Mm -hmm. because you had to click through it. It ate up a ton of your clock, and it did not win you the game. You just gained a bunch of life and were just like, okay, I'm going to try and win other ways. I hope this yeah. is enough. Yeah. All right. Do we want to see who's going next? Yeah. Yes. Spin that wheel. Let's go. Oh. Oh. It's a me. It's a, it's a Ashley. All right. So this is a card that I learned a lesson on digitally that taught me about playing it in paper. So I feel like it's apropos. And I'm going to give you very few hints. It is mm-hmm. one white mana. Dauntless Bodyguard. Nope. Is it is it a part yeah. of that model white humans deck though? It sure is. Is it a creature? Nope. It's Brave the Elements. Yep. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I learned through playing this card on Arena, which I know is not Moto, but still digitally. 
I learned that when you brave before your combat step, when there's I a Luminarch this, in yeah. play, yeah, mm-hmm. when there's a Luminarch in play, your white creatures have protection, which means they can't be targeted, which means that you cannot put a plus one. Yeah, on if your you creature. if you brave name white, yeah. then you can't target anyone. That is a perfect example of one of those situations, right? Where that would work in paper. No one would have caught that. Yeah. No one's yeah. going to catch that. No one. Yeah. Also, no one because you literally could have yeah. just done it in a slightly different order. You could have let the Luminarch ability resolve and then Brave named White and then done your thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of those situations that I think playing digitally with a strict rule set enforcement will force you to get better on that. I really like that as an example. All right. We, you are in the wheel. We could spin it to see if you actually pick. Oh, oh. okay. It's Anthony. He's just glaring at me. <laughs> he clicked the button. Oh, yeah, he, he did, did it. have to do that. All right. My card is one that explicitly makes mana production easier in paper and makes it take more clicks on Magic Online and Arena for that matter. Is it Nykthos? No, not a bad guess. I, I think actually Nykthos is secretly easier to play online than it is in paper. Because it does okay. the devotion math for you. That's true. Yeah. Mana. But is it a land? It is, in fact, a land. Pioneer or modern? Both. Oh, fuck. Hmm. Does it produce colorless mana? It does not produce colorless mana. Okay. Does it produce blue mana? It produces no mana. It produces no mana? It has no inherent mana ability on it whatsoever. It does grant a mana ability. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. It recently welcomed a new sister into its family as of Modern Horizons 2. It's Urborg, isn't it? It is Urborg. Oh, really? Okay. Is it because when you go to tap a land for mana, you have all of the, like, each section of mana it produces? That's correct. And, some, and yeah. sometimes, like, an, oh, I, I, I totally understand. Nurturing Peatland with me and Urborg on Magic Online. He's like, I would like to use Urborg's ability to tap it just for black. And then you... They're both the same mana symbol. You don't know which one deals one damage and which one just produces black mana. It's the bottom one. It's always the bottom one. The bottom black. Yep. All right. You heard it here. Borg <laughs> adds that mana ability at the end by making something okay. a swamp, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes tapping mana way easier because like if I'm playing like red, black, all of a sudden, all of my sources that are red only are just bad lands. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are also swamps. They also produce black mana which is great until you are just like casting a shieldred. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then every time you click on something, you have to click a second time, even if they were basics. Yeah. That you were just getting that with one click before you're getting it with two. It takes two clicks after double the clicks. Yeah. (laughs) Urborg. And it's just, it just makes things a little more annoying Mm -hmm. online than in paper. Cause in paper, I think it makes your mana production way easier way easier mm-hmm. so easy yes i like your i like your guess that's a, that, or like your pick that's a good one and it's like just annoying enough that would drive you absolutely insane too yeah like it's just right there it's just like it's mildly <laughs> annoying and i hate it but at least we got something out of that everyone knows that you can click the bottom most black mana symbol to mm-hmm. on magic online will be where urborg because urborg is modifying the card itself making it a swamp it is the last ability that the card has been given. Therefore, it is on the bottom of the list of cards abilities. It's like that until they do another update and completely change it. 
yeah, I mean, who who's <laughs> who who can know it at this point? What mm-hmm. they're gonna do? Maybe, just maybe, we'll get a fucking working wall of roots eventually. Yeah, maybe. Come on, I love wall of roots. <laughs> not as much as wall of roots loves you. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not a good love, Kyle. Wall of Roots is outside of your window watching you sleep. It's recording it. And if you go into Wall of Roots' house, it's just picked up a bunch of old computer monitors from people's like curbs and stuff and just has that recording of you sleeping, just playing on loop, just all around it. It's made a weird little nest out of your toenail clippings in the center of its bedroom. And it's just surrounded by these junky computer monitors. There's a picture of you that Wall of Roots has on its bedroom mirror, but its eyes are cut out. Your, your eyes are cut out so that when Wall of Roots looks in the mirror, it can see its eyes in your face because that's what it wants. It wants to be a part of you. I don't want to play Yawgmoth anymore. Why did you do this to me? I don't want to play Yawgmoth anymore. You've broken me. How dare. Yeah, just play Arboreal Grazer instead. At least with the Grazer, it's all hand stuff. Oh, and God. they're real slow. You, you can run away. <laughs> If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.